Hey guys, welcome to College Sportscast. I'm Brad. We have John Roberts on with us tonight. Hey, John. What's up? And we have a special guest with us. Ryan Nanny from the Full Shutdown Fullcast is with us tonight. Yep, yep. Hi, hi, fellas. Happy to happy to be here. Sorry that this is an emotional time to jump on, but I but I think we can, we're all going to push through it. <laughs> so I think he's talking about the Kentucky game that just went five. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so it is kind of an emotional time for me, but we'll push through that. Um, mm. So. Uh, Ryan's on to kind of talk about the college football season that uh, just ended last night. And uh, championship game was anything but competitive last <laughs> night. <laughs> I mean, you can't even – Was it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was anything but competitive. So, um, I'll start with this, Ryan. So, you watch the, the college football championship – semifinals right mm-hmm. yeah sure you know and you had tcu scored 51 points beat michigan right yep the full cast and, favorite <laughs> and it was and it was a good competitive game both actually yes. both games and then georgia has a has to make a late comeback to survive and advance against ohio state and both games were really good games um, and then at the very end of the season, Michigan beats Ohio State by 20 plus points at Ohio State. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Pretty sure I remember all that. Go, yeah. go War Dads. War are, Dads. You are telling yes. no lies at this point. <laughs> and then we have last night. Yep. <laughs> yep. Where does that come from, Ryan? What, what happened out last night? I mean,. I think the simple the simplest explanation is the best one, and that's if we were going to see a close game or an upset or something approaching an upset, TCU had to play its best game of the season, and Georgia had to make mistakes. And instead, Georgia basically played its best game of the season, and TCU made mistakes. And then it just all kind of snowballed from there, because like, as bad as this was and got, you could at least watch most of the first quarter and say, okay, it's not like one of these teams doesn't belong on this field. They are, they're getting outmatched, but it is not like, it's not like, oh, this is an FCS opponent that they're going to call for a running clock in the second half. It didn't the feel first like quarter, that. The first yes, quarter, the first quarter, the first quarter, the first quarter. Yes. But, <laughs> but it just like, it felt like TCU never figured out what to do on defense and never got any meaningful pressure on Stetson Bennett. And that put a lot of pressure in turn on the offense because the offense, I think very quickly realized, well, we have to score on every possession and it felt like they were pressing. It felt like they really just were flummoxed by Georgia. A lot of the time. I think that's fine. I think these things happen like, I was talking on a different show earlier today, but like, this is what happens in playoffs. Playoffs have blowouts. Doesn't mean one team doesn't belong there or wasn't team wasn't supposed to be there. Sometimes it's just a bad night, and I mean, it just happens think, at the wrong time. Yeah, I think TCU beating Michigan proves that they deserve to be there. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I, I say that 
What about you, Roberts? Yes, no, they definitely deserve to be in the four-team playoff. They proved it by beating the number two team in the country. Right. But what it really came down to was the depth of talent, the amount of talent, the depth of talent, and the fact that Georgia's used to doing this week in. And if TCU is going to beat Georgia, that should have been the first game for TCU because then they had the – 20 something days to prepare. Yep. And then they can come in and hit them with everything they had. But instead, they played a game and then 10 days later, they played another one. Whereas Georgia's used to playing, you know, teams like Tennessee, Alabama, and all that on a week in, week out. So they're used to turning around and playing seven days after seven days, seven days, seven days, and playing the same type of talent. Whereas TCU might play somebody that's of that caliber once, go an entire month before facing somebody else like that again. The other thing about that too is TCU's best wins were against teams that either lost their quarterback during the game or were playing a backup to start the game. And they were all come from behind victories to beat said backup quarterback in those games. So they didn't really, even though they had all these come from behind wins and they just feel good story and everything like that, but they were beating, they were beating bad quarterbacks and bad defenses. They didn't go against anything that had a good defense, anything close to what Georgia was going against. They never had to do this on a week in week out basis. And they weren't facing the first team quarterback in any of these teams that they were playing. Or at least they didn't. Michigan had game. a good defense, though. Yes, they did. And Michigan made mistakes and made three mistakes in that game. Two of them cost them touchdowns going the other direction. And one of them cost them a touchdown for them going in when they fumbled on the goal line. So, like, that's three touchdowns that, that, that got turned them. around. That, yeah, everything got yeah. turned around. So, even then, that was inside a one-score game. So if Michigan doesn't make the mistakes against TCU, then you may be seeing a 14-point victory for Michigan. And then it's a mission that that goes against uh, Georgia, and who knows what happens. It's not 65-7, to but it's – It's not 65-7. to (laughs) It's still – probably a two to three score especially with the way that ohio state opened up the eyes of georgia because i think ohio state really showed that georgia needed to focus i mean stetson i think that's the the biggest difference yeah i think the biggest difference is georgia had the ohio state game and then kirby comes back and whips them into shape Correct. What do you what do you say, Ryan? Yeah, I I think that even applied on like an individual like Keely Ringo is a really good example of somebody who you're like oh, you didn't you played inconsistently against Ohio State. Yes, right. And then and then totally cleaned it up by the time yep. TCU showed up. Uh, on, schematically, it was like for most of the Ohio State game, it was like is Brock Bauer still on the team on the roster? <laughs> yeah, you know. And they, they threw were, it to him one time the first half. Right. Yeah, and, and, they, and, and they didn't and come to him were, until the end of the, the, the second half of the of that first game. So right. Just, right. Yeah. And they were 
they made very sure to get Brock Bowers involved, often early in a variety of ways. Like, I I think John is right. I think where – I don't know how much TCU had to learn from the Michigan game. I think it was probably good a, a good confidence boost, but and and there were parts of that that TCU didn't play super smoothly either. But TCU also lost their starting running back in that game. He didn't end up playing in the national right. championship, which I'm sure right. sucked for him. But Georgia, a none of their injuries carried over into the national championship, and right. b yeah, it felt like, I mean, the Kirby locker room speech that's going around. Like yeah, I th- I think I think the Ohio State game was a very well timed wake up call. That in some ways they were lucky to escape, but they did, and they and they didn't let those issues linger. On the stroke of midnight, <laughs> exactly. The left, the hook. ball dropped, mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. ball dropped. <laughs> I mean, what happened? Did your balls drop off. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly how it went, too. So, yeah. Ryan, does TCU let this um, last night linger into next year? Was it that think, bad? I don't think so. I mean, like, it's such a it's such a phenomenal story because it's year one. I think if it's like year four of the program and uh, under Sonny Dykes and you've sort of been trying to build towards it, there's still so much good from this season. And especially because you have the Michigan win to look back on, I think there is enough time to sort of sit with it and say, like, look, this is clearly a more talented team, but also there's a lot we can do better. There is a lot we can learn from going forward because we want to be in this position again. We want to play like teams of this caliber again. And when we when we do, we want to be better prepared for the moment. So it doesn't feel like it should stick around. Like let's use the other example of like big national championship blowout, Notre Dame Vama. That's the one that was sort of the go-to that didn't like crater Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame by any stretch. Like they still figured out like, okay, we're still going to be a good football program. We're still going to improve we're still going to go to the playoff even when people don't want us to. We're still going to beat Clemson. We're still going to be – like, that's – there's a team right there who played uh, a home-and-home with Georgia that they didn't win either side of it, but they were competitive. They were close games. So I, I am not worried that this is like, oh, TCU's just done because of this. I think the the bigger problem is can all the sort of factors that help TCU get here – can you replicate those between extra eligibility from COVID years, uh, work in the transfer portal very effectively and efficiently? Um, that's to me like, okay, now you have to figure out how to rebuild. And for a TCU, that's going to be harder than it will be for some like bigger brand name programs. Yeah, so blue chippers, which is four and five star players, TCU only had 14 on the roster last night. Yeah, something like 23% of the roster, yeah. Yeah, 14 is what they had, all right? Yeah. Georgia had 15 five-star kids. (laughs) There's the difference right there. Don't even have to go any further than that. And, I mean, to to expand on that point even further, uh, 20 
in the last 20 years, so the last 40 participants in the national championship game, there were only one team had within its last four years, or or the the I guess the team was com- the blue chip of, ratio. Well, what I'm getting to is that the 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 ranking of the class, the ranking of the team class, every every participant either third had a one class that was in the top five, I think, mm-hmm. if not had the highest rank or, or the, the, the had a class in the top 13. Sorry, had a class within the top 13. TCU is the only one that didn't in that time with the highest ranked class of 17, which is the highest in its school history. Right. It had never gotten anywhere close to that. Whereas yeah. most of these schools that were winning were having top five classes at least once within their four years. That, I mean, uh, quite honestly, TCU getting where they got to be in the championship game last night is like a South Carolina or a Kentucky or a, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like one of those schools um, being able to get there. Um, right. That, you know. And I mean, and, and with the, uh, with the new 12 team playoff, Oh, it's it's going to get ever going to happen again. <laughs> I think it's going to get interesting because I think you'll have an upset or two. Yes, but they have three rounds before they get to play in that championship game. Those upset teams are not going to make it that far. They will yeah, not, not maybe on. not to the this finals. Not, but that upset team might knock off the happens. number two team. That <laughs> upset team might knock off the number two team in the second round or first or second round. Hmm. It's it's hard to say because so much of that is gonna it feels like unfortunately is gonna turn on injury luck. You know, like how many times have we seen oh if you catch this team with, you know, Colt John McCoy doesn't go out, out, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you Colt if McCoy you happen hurt. to catch like oh here's De- Dennis Dixon Torres ACL and now you're not yeah. now you're not playing against him. Like Quinn I James, think James James Williams or whatever um Alabama, yeah, right, right, yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I think it will. I think the the extended playoff will be about who who gets lucky enough to to go in healthy and stay healthy enough for the whole run. Again, and also who has the depth? Because if you yes, who can who can who can handle injuries Losing. like this? You know, because yeah. even if even if Carson Beck is the guy. There's a good chance that Georgia still wins with Carson back. If Georgia's offensive line is still there, yeah. Frankly, yeah, like correct. I, I like I Stetson Bennett's had a great career, played great last night. Right. Getting Stetson Bennett beating you around the edge must just be the worst feeling in the world as a defender. Yes. Yes. But but yeah, like <laughs> I so the one times. time they got pressure, the one time they got pressure, he yes. runs right around them and he hits that spin move. He hits yeah. that spin move yeah. that is just like, God, are you kidding me? Yeah, like yeah. what in the world? Mm-hmm. And then he runs right past the dude and like 13 yards. He gets the first down, right. jumps up, right. and he's, you know, like I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh yeah. the second the second rushing touchdown that he had is the the easy untouched one. Oh one where mean- he, he he literally walked. 
Yeah. And he I think he wanted to there prove was the point. No that he TCU could just walk in. defender in the screen. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. was none. They showed a, a wide view of it from the from behind him. There was no TCU defender in the entire screen. Right. I believe nope. I believe that Stetson Bennett could have ran 50 yards on that play, yeah. not been to the goal line. I mean well, at the yeah. goal line. Here's yeah. the other thing depth does for you. And Kirby Smart talked about this at the postgame presser. They had their he, he said our goal was for our scout team to run the three three five better than TCU does. And whether or not, you know, I don't I, I certainly wasn't there. I couldn't tell you like how effectively they did it. But they certainly have the the skill and the talent to make that a miserable undertaking. So you combine Georgia being able to use its depth, not just on the field, but to get better preparing for you. And you combine that with the thing Kirby doesn't talk about, which is fine, which is that Georgia's got a thousand analysts. Like they take that picture where you're just like, oh, cool. This is the largest staff I've ever seen. And what that means is you can say really without sacrificing your chances in the game ahead of you, you can say, okay, you're scouting Michigan. You're scouting TCU. When we beat Ohio State, because we're confident we're going to do that because we're Georgia, we are not starting the next day scouting these whoever's going to be here. You will have the material ready for us. And TCU just doesn't have the resources to run that kind of program right now. Like right. I, I, there's no way if you said who's, who was more prepared for this game, just from a total like prep standpoint, it has to be Georgia just in terms of resources, experience, all of that. It just has to be Georgia. All right. So one of my last things, did y'all catch right as the game was starting, they went to each coach and when they went to Kirby smart, she asked him what, what what he wanted to see, and his his word was aggression, attack. Yeah. aggression, attack, yeah. aggression. Yeah. yeah, that was his word. And she was she kind of took back. She was like, "So you want to see aggression?" And he said, "Aggression." And that and that's all that's all he said. And then you could just see it from the very beginning. Kirby Smart let the damn dogs out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mean, I mean, yeah, seriously. In, in a lot of ways, if you can play what I would call sound aggression, because we've all seen that version of aggression where it's like, oh, you you rushed way too far upfield. You pressed way too hard and lost track of this wide receiver you're supposed to be covering. Um, I think you, know, you, you actually done that a few times last night, yeah, early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, if you can channel that right, that right thing where you have you have gap integrity – but you're very aggressive at the same time. Like that's what Georgia did so well is it was a very aggressive game plan, but it was not, it was like thoughtful and methodical aggression, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that was. So uh, Ryan, the final AP poll come out yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TCU was still second. I think that's right. Like, honestly, if you're going to think about it this way, if this were the Olympics and this was the final of the college football Olympics, You'd be like, all right, Georgia gets the gold medal. We wouldn't look around and be like, who gets the silver? We'd be like, it's TCU. TCU gets the silver right. medal. That's just how it works. And right. like, there's not, 
I tried to think about this. What is the math for anybody else? Because if you say Michigan, well, TCU just beat them. If you say Ohio State because they gave Georgia the best game, well, Michigan beat them and TCU beat them. If you say Alabama, you're like, well, they had two losses and TCU only had two losses because they got to the national championship game, which Bama, like, there's no, I, I have trouble finding like a clear, oh, it should have been this team instead to be two. Right. But, and I mean, really, honestly, like you, you really should take the, the, the teams that were in the top four and basically just rank them one, two, three, four. You know, based on Pretty how that works, on, on how, and then on after how that, they and then, yeah. and then after that, you could do whatever the heck you want to do. <laughs> well, I think that's what they. But did. really, it should just be yes. one through four. So your 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 college football playoff should contain uh, your final final AP poll should contain the four teams in the college football playoff in the top four, yeah. and then it's everybody else. And then you can start, you know, your debate: is it Alabama? Is it you know Tennessee? Is it LSU or whoever you want to throw out there. I mean, you can just start naming names. I do and, have one question about it and one debate that I want to bring up about that yeah. final AP poll outside of those top four teams. Yeah. And I've been saying this for three or four weeks now, five, I don't know, since since it all happened. Iowa deserves to be in the top ten. <laughs> how does How is Alabama ranked above Tennessee? How? I don't understand it. They didn't lose to South Carolina. That's correct. I mean, like it in, the a, last, in a twist because because the, yeah. the last impression is is the one. It's primacy and recency. And Tennessee, Tennessee lost them. to South Carolina at the end of the year. And while they beat the snot out of uh Clemson and Alabama Clemson. beat the snot out of K State. It was it was that it was that South Carolina loss at the end of the uh, toward the end of the year. That was that was it. Yeah. Ryan, it probably it probably like it, they shouldn't be Tennessee should Tennessee by thank right, you should thank be ranked you. ahead of them. Well, I'm just telling <laughs> but, you why like, they did. Yes, I'm not saying John what is the... right. John is right. This is this is the why. And I'm also, it's like right. <laughs> part of this is also that. Alabama, because even when they have a quote-unquote bad season like this one, you're talking about two losses by a combined less than a touchdown where if you change like 45 seconds of game clock, Alabama's undefeated and going to the SEC championship instead of LSU. Like you don't have – it's not that far of a reach. And I think there is, in most voters' mind, there is this lingering sense of like, no, but Alabama is really super good. No matter what happens, even if they lose two games, there's this sense that like, no, but they could be undefeated. And it's both right and like, it's correct in the sense of how good is this team potentially? It's wrong in the sense of what did this team actually do or fail to do? I mean, right. I get it. I just, I, I just wanted to bring it up because we've been doing shows for a while sure. and I, and I, and I've been talking about it every week. I'm like, there's no, no reason that Alabama should be ranked above Tennessee since all that happened. And again, the it's final just, poll, even though Tennessee beats Clemson the way they did, Alabama still ranked above Tennessee. And I'm like, that's just, just a hater. That's what you are. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but this is, this is what the poll is perfect for. You know, this is like, like Utah finished below Washington. Utah and Washington did not play. 
in the regular season. Just didn't work out that way for them. And Washington didn't make it to the Pac-12 championship game. Washington didn't win the Pac-12 championship game. Utah did. But because Washington had a better bowl result, Utah, they're ranked Evan. Does that make sense? Not well, really. And, and Washington but, had a little better record. I think UCF sure, winning the national but, championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you can do like, why is UCLA and Pitt played each other, played each other in a bowl game? Why is yep. UCLA 21 and Pitt 22? That doesn't make, that's not what happened in that game. Nope. And it shouldn't but, be that way. But the poll is made like the poll is made to do exactly this kind of thing. It's like this is the magic of college football versus the NFL. Nobody ever fights about like who's ranked seventh versus eighth from the NFL. Who cares? But right. we'll fight about the, we'll fight I all think the, the New way Orleans down the Saints pole. didn't make the playoffs, but they're <laughs> have, have something to say about that. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, like it's always made for exactly these kinds of arguments, which is what's great about it. So, with that in hand, was there any big surprises in the poll that you that you thought for the final poll uh, today? Not really. Like the final poll is probably the one that is the hardest to argue with. Um, like, th- it's really hard for me to look at it and have any major qualms. You know, by and large, they tend to reward. There's enough information at this point in the season where you're like, okay, the teams who are here deserve to be here. The teams who aren't here, it's like Texas Texas ranked 25th. Some years that would annoy you. Should Duke have that spot? Duke was first and others receiving votes. It's like, I don't know. ACC wasn't great this year. Duke had a really good season in uh, under, under Michael in his first year. Am I going to get bothered about it? Probably not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I overall I feel fine. But I think what will be interesting is how much does this poll look like the first preseason poll? Because there's some stuff on here that is going to be wild. Like Tulane's not going to be at Florida State in the in the, yes right. TCU is not going to be in the two. preseason poll. TCU is going to lose yeah. 17 people. They're going to be like they're they're losing their entire offensive line, their quarterback, their wide receiver, their running yeah. backs, both of yeah. them. Uh, several defensive players, they will not have the same roster. So them being number two, you know, you're not going to put them number two. You're not yeah. even going to put them in. At, I mean, at they'll get a top 15 best. ranking. They, they say, will. You might get them in the top 15, and that yes. should be, that and should that be, will be as like, high as they get. And that will be like partially a courtesy and ceremony thing of like, right. you were a team Correct. we liked. And you accomplished more than we thought you would, and therefore, you get this as kind of a present. But like your starting point is fifteen. Yeah, and, well, and, I mean, at and, this point yeah. for TCU, you still got to give Sonny Dykes a couple of years to get his players in there too. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, the last it, it helps that the last poll is sort of it, it helps that there was nothing in here that felt contentious about, like, who are you going to put here there other than Alabama, Tennessee? I do think that was pretty funny that they decided to just end the season with one more yeah. pro-Bama turn of the screw. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a question for you. All right, yeah. here we go. 
First one, David Pollock, and what he was saying. <laughs> to Nick, oh well, kind of to, to Nick Saban, around Nick Saban, let's say. Well, he was sitting right next to yes, Nick Saban. Yes, correct, correct. When he said all this, I mean that's that's, I mean look, I mean you're you're looking at ex Georgia players saying something, but he's literally saying it to the guy like about the guy that's sitting right next to him. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here, all right. Well, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Do we think he's wrong? Do we think it is wrong to just sort of say, "Yep, Georgia is Georgia is what Bama was, and Bama is not that anymore"? Are we willing to go that far out on the ledge? I'm not. Okay. Just because I, you I think mean, Bama still is in this category, I assume. Yes, okay. I think that Georgia has equaled them at least. But would I say? That Georgia is way ahead of Bama, uh, I'm not ready to say that. Yeah, yet. I'm not really ready to say that because look, I mean, look, he they they missed the playoff this year. Um, didn't but, play in the regular, didn't play each other in the regular season. Yeah, didn't play each other in the regular season. They have done something that hasn't been done since Bama, which is win back to back national championships. Yep. The the common denominator there is Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bama has done this for. 15 years. Yep. Whereas Georgia has three, even four. during even during the Mark Rick years were really good, had one inexplicable loss. You know, um, you talk about Clemsoning, Clemson Clemsoning before that was Georgia, Georgia, yes. whatever yes. it is. So yeah. just losing that one inexplicable game that you're just like, I don't understand. You know, how did that happen? But once Kirby took over. It took him about a year or two before he was really getting it back up to at least the level of Mark Richt. And then in 17, got him into the championship, into the championship game where it took an act of God to drop a perfectly thrown pass with the, on second and 26. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they were just, they were always around. And so now they have punched through one championship for the first time in 40 years or 41 years when they did it last year, and then have now done it back to back. So yes, in the short term, they have kind of been on par with what, what Georgia or what Alabama has been doing. They have the, the ability to sustain it. They just haven't actually sustained it. And you're not going to know that for another few years. Now, right. you can sit there and say they're going to be in the same level. The category is it's Georgia and Alabama. You probably throw Ohio State in there or up right up there. Yep. And then there's everybody else. Yeah, there's- that's true. You will have the odd year where you will have the like 2019 LSUs where it's like, oh, this class really coalesced and like a couple transfers came in. And right. you'll see, like, you know, maybe Texas will do that one year. Maybe Notre Dame will do that one year, whatever it is. But, yes, I think you are right that those are consistently – Clemson is still sort of the question mark about, like, are they – where do they fall in here? Yeah, because are they sustainable? Really totally or? have enough information, yeah, yeah. Or or is Florida State going to be the sexy right? pick? And, they, and do they actually – have they actually built enough to, to overtake Clemson, you know? Right, right. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it's possible. They're still picking up some recruits, I noticed, in the last day or two. Florida State is. Yeah. 
I think Florida State is definitely going to be the uh, the more trendy pick to be the top dog in the ACC next year and take a presumable playoff spot. What they do after that is sort of up in the air because even in their bowl game against a not great or certainly not consistent Oklahoma team, you saw like Florida State uh, is capable of a lot of ebbs and flows. They can play really, really well for stretches, and they can also keep teams in games. Florida Florida had a puncher's chance against Florida State, and this was a Florida team that by the end of the year like was not super eager to be there, was not real, like had not improved leaps and bounds over the course of the season or anything. But to go back to the original question about doing this to Nick Saban, I weirdly, I think Nick Saban loves it. Like, I think Nick Saban would is the kind of person who wants to be disrespected like that because that is what fuels him competitively. He has to have something to to say that they are oh, look, they're disrespecting us. Yes. So to have the guy do it and to do it right in his you can have the camera angle of him just going. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they can play that loop on loop in in the Alabama, uh, you know, facility, the football facility. And then he can use that to fuel the fire. Hey, you know, we need to be in the position so that we're facing Georgia in the championship yes, game. That's ex- so that's-, that's exactly right. Because, like, all of these coaches are very good about sort of making everything very goals-oriented. And nobody says, like, our goal is to win a national championship. Very few, at least. They're sort of like, our goal yeah. is to win the division. Our goal is then to win the conference. Our goal is then to beat our semifinal opponent. And if you don't play Georgia in the regular season, it's very easy to frame this all around them. Like, we are here to claim what is ours again in the West so that we can go back to Atlanta and prove to everyone that everything they said about Georgia is us and we are done, that they're wrong. Like, this sets up very nicely for that. Right. Right. Absolutely. And the whole David Pollock thing, though, one thing that I'm going to throw in here. Yeah. You can say a lot of things about him, but that's pretty bold to be sitting right next to Nick Saban. He's he's, well, he's he definitely knows that bold. Nick's not going to do anything because they're on camera. Yes, right. But that's pretty bold. That's <laughs> yes. pretty bold. Yes, yes. <laughs> the he is if in I the do position. It, I do it in public. We're good. <laughs> I, I mean, he's also in the position where, like, what can Nick Saban say? What can what can Nick Saban argue at this point? They yeah. lost to this Georgia team last year. So if you're just sort of like, who's won the more recent round of this? He doesn't win that. They lost two games this year to teams that Georgia thoroughly handled. Georgia did yeah. not have any trouble with Tennessee. LSU put up points in the SEC championship, but that game did not feel and was not close. Not so right. for every reasonable point, and this was supposed to be a Bama team that was sort of like, okay, the pieces are supposed to be here. And the fact that they couldn't even get back to playoff contention, playoff participation, win the West, all of these things, like they have a lot of angry things on their plate to work towards, which is historically a very bad sign for everybody else. A very, very bad sign. 
All right, the next thing I really want to get to is I want your take on the new offensive coordinator at Texas A&M, Bobby Petrino. <laughs> so, all right, I mean, <laughs> I I will say this. Jimbo Fisher, I think, works perfectly for A&M because his regard for what others think about him and his choices is very, very low. Like he's not really interested in impressing other people outside of his core group. And in a, in a very real way, the Bobby Petrino hire is only a failure within that subset. If it doesn't work, if the offense doesn't get going, if the offense does get going, nobody will care. Nobody will care that Bobby Petrino is a slime ball who left another job that he had days just before. taken, yes, yes, two weeks before that. <laughs> Nobody yes. will care. And here's the other thing. I think I think Jimbo had to say, okay, who can I bring in that knows offense, that like checks the boxes enough for us to say, okay, this is a guy who's an offensive mind, but is also not enticing and interesting and alluring enough for them to ever think, well, we should make him the interim. I, the pathway for them to say, like, you know what? We're done with Jimbo. We're going to give him a bunch of money, and it's Bobby Petrino's program now. Could we get there? Yeah, it's College Station, and it's super Dude, weird. But God. it's not, like, it's not appealing. It's not something no. people are going to jump right. for by any means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hadn't even – that hadn't even crossed my mind yet, but I see where you're going with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a job safety <laughs> yeah. move on Jimbo's part. The last yeah. thing, the the last thing I really want to get to is y'all's most recent uh, show that y'all uh-huh. did, the emergency Harbaugh. Oh, the Harbaugh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the emergency, the the harbinger of Harburgers. Yeah. Yes. I, I just want to hear. <laughs> I just want you to tell our audience, okay. those that haven't listened to y'all. Okay. To I'll, try, I'll, I'll, gonna, I'll tell you what I want to know about that. Yeah. I want to know: Would you eat one of the Harburgers? So here's the thing. Everybody who, all every Michigan person who has commented on this story, and I will try to my best to summarize it shortly. Nobody has been like, oh, that's a really good burger. Or that's really where you should go for burgers. They're all like, nah, there are like five better places. This is kind of like, so no, there's nothing about this that makes it seem like, oh, it was worth the NCAA trouble for Jim Harbaugh to eat two hamburgers. All right. So here's, here's where we are real briefly. Um, couple of committed Michigan recruits are in town in Ann Arbor during a period which the NCAA has designated as a no-contact period for COVID purposes. Other schools have gotten in trouble with this. Arizona State is the most prominent because they like continue to do traditional recruiting events, allegedly. like They just bring players on and that, show That's them, the only know. way they can get people to come to their schools. They have to have them on campus. Correct. Correct. I mean, I mean, yes. look, th- th- their way of doing it is have you considered Arizona state? Yes. And please come on, <laughs> please, please come and consider it in person. Yes. yes. Right. So, so, but th- this was not that these recruits supposedly reached out to the football program and Jim Harbaugh was like, Hey, you're in town. Great. Let's go have breakfast. So he takes them to the Brown jug, which is, 
what I am told is more like a bar slash rest, like a bar that also serves food. Like one person I was talking to was like, oh, I've done karaoke there. And I was like, okay, this is not a breakfast place. Like I thought it was. <laughs> um, the owner of this establishment is a, I don't know if he's like a Michigan booster per se, but he is like deeply embedded in Ann Arbor and the Michigan football community, the Michigan athletics community to the point where everything on the menu with maybe a few exceptions is named after a Michigan person of some importance. So some of them it's like, it's the Juwan Howard, this um, it's, you know, John, uh, John, Har uh, Jim Harbaugh rather has his own item on the menu. That's like the steak platter or something like that. He didn't order that. So they go there. He, Buys breakfast for these two recruits using a Michigan athletics credit card. Big mistake. Very stupid. Always pay cash. Um, Correct. So and and that's the vi that's like the base level violation. Okay, you have now had a contact event during a no contact period. That's like a medium ish level violation. All right. The problem is. The NCAA then says, here's the higher violation. They've said, Jim Harbaugh has lied to us about this happening. Specifically, he has denied that this has ever taken place. And this is a pro problem for a couple of reasons. All of this is based on what I understand. Uh, first, because he paid with a credit card, there's a receipt with has, which has his signature on it. Yeah. That's a big problem. Second, yeah, and, and, more, and more amusingly, <laughs> people remember seeing Jim Harbaugh at this breakfast with these recruits. And the reason they remember it is because he ordered two hamburgers with French fries and had that at 10 o'clock in the morning. Two and half pound hamburgers. Two half, yes, two half pound, <laughs> a, a pound of beef. But yes. he has insisted this did not happen. I was he ordered not the one. Did he order the one that was named after his dad? So we yes. haven't confirmed that for sure, <laughs> but I think it's safe to assume that, yes, he did, in fact, order two Jack Harbaugh's, um, which is like their base level burger. Um, and now so 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 that's where we were. We were in this sort of holding pattern where from people Holly had talked to Michigan's belief was, look, apologize for lying. This is all very like minor shit. And the NCAA. The NCAA in its current state will just move on. They'll like, you know, slap you with some very minor penalties. We're not going to like, why are we making this a big deal? But Jim Harbaugh is not interested in apologizing. Since then, Jim Harbaugh's agent has decided now it is time to play hardball. And now it is time to go after NFL jobs. The Denver Broncos have already requested permission to contact, to interview Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the Colts he's job. Actually is, he's actually interviewed for the for for the Broncos. It, it was a two-hour interview that they said oh, was actually a very. Yeah, he's actually done that one. Okay. It was a two-hour okay. interview, and which they said was very successful. And of course, right now they're waiting on whether Sean Payton released from the Saints or right. how they can deal with that. Because if they don't, then Harbaugh, I think, is the one they're going for. Well, and now. So. The other thing that's changed is the Arizona job came open because they fired Cliff Kingsbury, right. and now people are saying Arizona's going to go try to get Sean Payton. And oh, if yeah, they yeah. don't, maybe they'll talk to Jim Harbaugh. The Colts are a team that – it feels like every two years, it's like the Colts are going to try to hire Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> uh, it, maybe. 
maybe which, that will which happen. former player will they have play uh will coach for them next i mean you could pick Peyton manning mike Vanderjagt. <laughs> like who knows um so so now we are in this is this is where we've landed michigan is under serious but absurd ncaa scrutiny because their coach is sticking to what appears to be a lie for no goddamn reason. And at the same time, he's trying to squeeze them or leave to go take an NFL job. And this is all happening in the context of them making it back to the playoff, winning the big 10 and beating Ohio state for the second year. Like this should be, yeah, losing to CCU sucked and it's not what any Michigan fan wanted. But this should be, when you think about where both Jim Harbaugh and Michigan were three years ago, this should be like, okay, good. Everything's going in the right direction. We're close. We just need a few more things to go our way. We need to, like, amp up recruiting, whatever. They've got Blake Corum coming back, he announced. Like, that's yep. really big for them. It, is. it should be all positive. And yet we're stuck in this incredibly stupid bullshit because I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it is it is a really bullshit story. I mean, yeah, really. yeah. I mean, I mean, the the problem is is that Jim Harbaugh does not like to admit that he's wrong. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And that's like, that's the problem. If if anybody listening to this has kids, <clears throat> you know that what is infuriating is not when your kids do something they're not supposed to. It's when they lie about it. It's, and it's when you know abso- it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely when they look you in the they look you in the eye and they say, "I didn't eat any Oreos," and you can see the Oreo crumbles in their teeth. <laughs> You're like, "I don't actually care that much that you ate cookies. I do care that you think you can pull this shit on me because I'm a grown up and you're seven. Right. And, and and that is essentially what's happening right now except it happens to be with one of college football's most storied programs instead. <laughs> now, I, I, as far as, say, Jim Harbaugh goes to yeah. the NFL, would the shutdown forecast be lobbying for a certain former coach to come back? You know, you, you know who I'm no, talking about. We're, right? we're out on Brady Hoke. We're pretty out on Brady Hoke. No, no more point. Brady Hoke. <laughs> no, yeah, we're pretty down on Brady Hoke at this point. Uh, Rich Rod now has is about to have another FBS job again since Jacksonville State is joining. I think it's the Sun Belt. I think they're yeah, up yeah, next that's year. right. Which that's um, where my parents went. So they've uh, they uh, they go they're, they're they're season ticket holders to Jacksonville State. So they great. go to the right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the interesting thing about the Michigan job at this point is that it felt so cosmically perfect that these two sort of locked in on each other. That sort of because because you remember when they hired Jim Harbaugh, there was a lot of pushback about from like people in NFL media circles who were like, you're not going to pull Jim Harbaugh away from like a successful NFL career, which he had. Jim Harbaugh is not the example of dude who went to the pros, couldn't cut it, and like tucked his tail and went back to college. Like, yeah, he's Jim just Harbaugh gone to was, the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Against his brother. Yes. He was going to the <laughs> NFC Championship regularly. He was doing it with like 
he was doing it with Alex Smith at points. Like, like he, he was, he was a very effective pro coach who had a very bad relationship with the 49ers front office at that point. But everybody seemed to think that was more about the front office than it was Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if we'd still say that now, but <laughs> be that as it may, it sort of was like the fact that he decided to take the Michigan job and the fact that it has worked out. Like, are they, have they won a national championship? No. But the fact that they've finally won two conference titles, finally beaten Ohio State, and not just beat them, but like beat them in ways that are like, we are the better team than you. Not I'll some be, fluky. I'll, I'll say this right. about the whole yeah. Harbaugh and Michigan thing. Yeah. I am really surprised that it has lasted this long. On that, which side? On which side? Michigan. You think like you no, think Michigan should mostly, cut bait? mostly okay. Jim Harbaugh's no. side. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mostly well, Jim Harbaugh's side because but this Jim is, Harbaugh. You yeah. was talking about he had been success, successful at the NFL. He still yeah. bounced around a little bit every three or four years. Sure. Sure. Um, like he kind of he kind of wears his welcome out. But you so know? does Michigan. That's the beauty of this is these two are kind of nonsense in the same – like, do you know a couple that you're like – both both halves of this couple are annoying, and that's why their relationship works. <laughs> like, we don't really like her. We don't really like him. They're both sort of grading, but that's why they're a good pair together because they're grading in the same way. Like, Jim Harbaugh is the most Michigan man quarter coach you could get for this job, and that was important to Michigan – it was right. important to find a Michigan man who would also be good at coaching. And like, who else is out there that you could possibly pull that trigger with? I think like this makes sense in this exact combination. Tom, where, Brady, Tom Brady might retire. I mean, Tom Brady <laughs> not is definitely not, Tom Brady is definitely not, not taking any recruits out for a breakfast that they want to eat either, by the way. Yeah. Um, already discussed that diet. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think like, and this is, this is the thing that I think is weirdly kind of cool. Most programs this, at this point in college football, you're sort of like, well, you just need a good coach. Like you fitting the culture of what this school is trying to be or what the identity of this football program is, is kind of secondary. Like as long as you can win, you will work here, whatever. But Michigan is sort of like sticking to this fundamental like sense of self thing, and it's working in ways that it wouldn't work anywhere else. Like there's a reason why Jim Harbaugh worked at Stanford, and that's because Stanford is not interesting or self-defined enough to be like, oh, you don't you don't fit our mold. They don't have one. They don't go to football games. They were thrilled to be good. It didn't matter, but like, is there a single SEC job that Jim Harbaugh could take and not immediately like rub everybody exactly the wrong way, even if he won? No, probably I'm not. I'm pretty certain he would piss off everybody, even Vanderbilt. Yes, Vanderbilt <laughs> yeah, is a perfect yeah. example. Jim yeah. Harbaugh in Nashville would drive these people absolutely insane. I'm going to eat beef in a vegan town. They'd be like, he, he drinks so much milk. He drinks an absurd amount of milk, and it's unsettling, and we don't like that. But at Michigan, it's like, yeah, man. He's like, 
straight out of, out of the 1950 sitcom or something. It's awesome. We're going right. up the Tennessee River. We're going to sink the ball, Navy. That's, that's right. And they're going like, to be like, man, this is way too much. You're going way too hard for Vanderbilt. Please stop it. Please take off the, co- the literal Commodore uniform. That you've got. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, like, if he, if he leaves, I, it's just they're just going to have to figure out who they can get who can just go back to, you know, we need a good coach. There's not, there's not another, man. there's not, there's really not. Right. And and they tried it with Brady Hoke and that sure didn't work. And yeah. I mean, I they know. need to, they need to learn from Alabama who went away from the ex bear, you know, coaching sure. tree from the bear coaching tree and went and got somebody outside. Do you think, could, but, but now what's going to happen when they have to move on Eventually, Nick Saban's not going to be the coach at Alabama. Right. Or will they have the wherewithal to be that open-minded again, I guess is my question. Yeah, see, now well, they're kind of going It took them there. years to get yes. out of that Bear Bryant yes. coaching right. tree circle. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. now it's like, well, they, they, they went to that, you know, years ago because Nick Saban's thing was – five years and he's moving on five years yep. and he's moving on. So uh, once Dabo started getting really good, Dabo's the next coach for Alabama. Kirby leaves. Kirby is the next coach for Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Lane Jimbo Kiffin wins does, a national tam- championship yeah. at Florida State. Yeah. yeah. Right. Kiffin, Kiffin doesn't take the Auburn job. That's because he's waiting for the <laughs> Alabama job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have a so friend. I, I mean, <laughs> I have a friend that's a big Bama fan, and uh, she has this. She has this saying that she calls it the Mike ears. Yes. Before Saban, it was the, the Mike, Mike ears. ears. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you had uh, you had Mike Price, that. you had Mike, you had uh, Debose, uh, Debose, and um, Shula, Shula. Shula. Yeah. Yep. It was somewhere the in there was was Dennis Franchoni. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. after after Dubose was Franchoni for just like a year or so before he bolted off to Texas A and M. That's right. Yeah. And then and then you had uh, uh, Shula and Price or Price and Shula, and then from there you had um, Saban. Yeah. So. Well, so your your question is is will they Look for a resemblance to Saban. I think they probably will. Yeah. Well, they yeah. will. They say the important thing is continuity, or the important thing is vision, because those are two different things. To sort of say, and it's interesting because the two participants in the national championship have both come at this from different ways of their own. Like George's decision to dump Mark Richt was pretty massive at the time and yeah, it was yeah and i i'm not sure that we have seen since then the closest one i can think of is gary patterson which is why i bring it up but like even gary patterson's case tcu had fallen off tcu yeah. was not competing for big 12 titles was not in the playoff conversation like things were not working there and you got the sense that there was some stubbornness involved so some sweatiness okay. 
some some stubborn sweatiness involved. So yeah, I mean, I think it'll be. I, it, this is the thing. The beauty of it is, nobody knows when it's going to happen. Like, I don't. People people are asking now, like, well, would Nick Saban leave on uh, after this year? After this year, not even winning his division. I don't know. I don't know what Nick Saban's going to do. He's. I will say this. To to stick with the bear similarities. He is very open about, like, he doesn't know what he would do if he's not the head coach of Bama or somewhere else. Like, he just is like, I don't know what I would do with my time. I can't picture what my life would look like. So I think there is some element, maybe not as dramatic as step down and die. But, like, I think he's going to hold on to this for longer than people think because, like, this is what he knows. This is what he does. Yeah. I mean, he Football signed is life. a six-year, <laughs> seven-year extension or something this year yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At what seventy-one? Yeah. That sounds right. Seventy-one. I think he was seventy-one this year. I believe. Yeah, yeah. October thirty-first. I just don't know the. I don't know. And I can't the extension, remember, if I'm not mistaken, goes to twenty-nine. That so that's right. So that's yeah. seven more years. Yeah, and. And maybe he will. Like, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, Bowden. Sure. Did not, not probably not the example Nick wants to hear, but yeah, you can do it. Well, I mean, Bowden hung on, but, you know, his last four or five years, he wasn't really as relevant as he was before that. Right. Um, Yes. And I don't think, I don't think Bama will ever pull what Florida State pulled on Bowden, which to functionally say like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. This yeah. is this is not for you anymore. But like I don't know how old Bill Snyder was when he wrapped up at Kansas State. And obviously that was a little different since he had left and came back and all that. I was about but to say like, for for which time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um and and you know it's probably a little different when like the stadium has your name on it. But yeah, like Bill Snyder is eighty three now and was coaching Kansas State, what four years, years ago? ago? Three, four, four, four at this four? point. Yeah, yeah. So, so he made it to yeah. So he was seventy nine, which is yeah. about the time period that we're talking about. So yeah, that feels like right. entirely possible. Joe right. Paterno. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Not Kirk the right Fa- reasons. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Ferentz will be at Iowa till he's ninety seven, and no right. one can stop him. Well, even right. at the um, Yeah. Yeah. So. So for next year, who do you think – what seats will be the hottest for coaches going uh, into the year? West Virginia, it's a miracle that Neil Brown still has a job. I agree. Um, especially because – and I was talking to a West Virginia <clears throat> writer about this today. I'm going to pull up their schedule for 2023. So Georgia Tech was this team this year where it's just like, good God, you're, you're on the hot seat. And you have this schedule. This is what you're starting with. Um, in September, West Virginia starts the year going to Penn State. They have Duquesne after that, which is fine. And then they play Pitt. That's a home game. And uh, Pitt right now is still a better program than West Virginia is. So what is Holly's thoughts on that, that uh, backyard brawl? She has she has not uh, offered them at this time. I think she needs more time to process it. But like, this is 
it's entirely possible that you start the year one and two with the one being a game nobody cares about before you've even gotten into your conference schedule in a conference that was both entertaining and like deep in terms of internal competition last year. So I think like Neil Brown is definitely, definitely high, high up on the list. Like um, Jimbo is tempting, but the buyout is still very real. And I think there is probably also not a lot of, Jimbo's the kind of thing where it's sort of like, who are you going to get instead? Like you, you can't really fire Jimbo until you have identified it's to go get this person. Five and seven though. Yes. 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 But in terms of like, if they were to pull another five and seven, he'll be done. Yes. Then I think he will be done. But in terms of like, you need to come out the gate hot and you need to do well right away. I feel like it's more important what happens over the course of the season than. I mean, I don't know where Kevin Sumlin is, but I mean, he's got to be out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is upset. without a job right now. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is without a job. Cliff Kingsbury wasn't a very wasn't a great college football coach, but that hasn't. I don't think he's. Before. I don't think he's going back to college. I think yeah. he's going to stay in the NFL. Go I'll be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, go, yeah, go be an offensive coordinator right. somewhere. Because um, I don't think he was very much into recruiting, which most of these that go to the NFL are most yeah. likely leaving recruiting and loving the fact that they actually have a real offseason. Yes. And that they can go and relax, decompress, yes. and go on a yeah. vacation. Um, I'm just yeah. saying, Evan Sumlin, you look at his record, about the same amount of games, and Jimbo's record – Kevin, someone has more wins. It is it is not a good situation. I think <laughs> I'm trying to think like what the hottest seat in the SEC is right now. Because Vanderbilt pulled out a couple of good SEC wins, so I think things are stable there. Um, Missouri seems like really happy with Eli Drinkwitz for reasons I don't like personally get, but that's fine. I would put Eli Drinkwitz in in the hot seat, but yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, like okay, they close. So how how yeah. warm is Stoops? I I have a heart. Like you I, have to I see was. How this goes? Yeah, I mean, I I agree that like there. This is probably a disappointment of a Kentucky football season as these things go, especially like. Yeah, the bowl game had a ton of asterisks in terms of like who was actually playing in it and what it actually meant, but it was still like a pretty lackluster effort and not a thrilling one. Um. So I think I don't think I don't think Stoops is in a position where next year he could get fired. I think next year is where you could start to hear some rumblings about like Oh, I've got it. I've got yeah, it. Yeah. The hottest the hottest seats. Brent Venables and Sark. <laughs> I think Sark is fine. I think Brent Venables I'll give you. Like that is that is a that a is defi- a, program a defensive that, like, coach that could not coach defense. And, and because had, he had, and had because three he defensive had, coordinators. He had Ted Roof. Yeah. yeah Ted one Roof. Of his, one of his three defensive uh, Oh my God. Yeah. Like they Well, so he they can't have a losing season next year. Oklahoma? No. 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 They need to they need to they need to show that this year was a fluke. And there's some oh, I, there are some numbers that suggest that there may have been some flukiness to this, but yeah, they can't. Oh, they I, can't I know the uh, I know the uh, the replacement to 
Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Please, let's hear it. Bob Stoops. Sure. You know what? <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, I... Big game Bob. I, I really... I, I wish they'd take Mike Stoops myself. This is this is a oh, year God. where if you <laughs> Jesus, that's just me. <laughs> if if you told me no SEC coach gets fired next year, I'd say like, okay, there's a decent chance of that. Like, yeah. there's no, there's nobody who's in like such terrible spot right now because even Arkansas, like Arkansas, did not have a great close to the year. But I think Sam Pittman has done enough. And is well. So much of this to me is also like, does the are you well liked within the program? Do the boosters like you? Because that can buy you time. Like, you know, Will Muschamp. Florida really struggled to fire Will Muschamp because people liked working with him, and right. he, like he was an enjoyable person in that department, even if they weren't always the football team they wanted to be. So, right. Um, so the SEC, I, I, I'm I'm struggling with a little bit. Justin Wilcox at Cal is definitely on the hot seat. That is another one that like they got to figure something out um, sooner rather than later. Right. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen with Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State because they did not have a good year. They they got stomped by that Oklahoma team that was in the middle of having a bad year. They've had a ton of transfers out of the program, and right. and and um, I think we are maybe reaching the limits of okay, your huge money donor who was kind of keeping you here and was protecting you in some ways. Like he's been gone now for three four years. Tebow Pickens has, has since Tebow Pickens passed. Like yeah there are some questions about like what is going to happen here. Um, and then the big 10, like just put Matt rule on the hot seat right, right away. Why not? It's Nebraska. Like it doesn't right. matter. Yep. So that sounds, that I, think, sounds right. I think that's an actually pretty decent hire. Probably. Yes. I, I think so too. I think the problem with Nebraska is always that like none of the hires change the fundamentals about what Nebraska football is in, in 2023. Right. Like they don't change that. They still know. think of like 1999. Yes, they 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 don't yeah. change. They don't address like how recruiting has changed and how moving to the Big Ten has really damaged Nebraska and its ability to compete at a top level in a lot of ways. Like, right. yeah, yeah. And Luke Fickle oh, yeah. just solidified the uh, the Wisconsin to winning that. For multiple years. Yes, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you look around that division and it's sort of like, okay, well, Wisconsin made an upgrade. Minnesota is kind of a wild card in some ways, but like, is better than what Minnesota had been for a good stretch of time. Iowa is stubbornly present. Um, they are just mud. Yeah, they are right. glad you to get stuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come get so, stuck in the mud. So, like, in, in Nebraska is not, um, Nebraska is not, a, does not seem like a fun job. Where I'm at, rule, I would have just taken my Panthers buyout and enjoyed like a year or two off. But <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. You know, Who have we forgotten? Who's all who's hot seat adjacent that we should be thinking of? I mean, for a moment, 
you had Penn State, but I think he kind of corrected it. Yes, this the Rose. Year. I think the Rose Bowl. I think the Rose Bowl definitely fixed everything. Right, and the I fact th- that they're going to be projected at being, you know, probably one of the top teams next year too. Yep. Yep. And yep. now, if next year is a colossal so they're failure, to, they're going to that find might, a that might that might heat it up. But they so they really like Drew Allard, who's their young quarterback who was on the roster this year and played a little bit. Right. And who definitely is has the physical skills. But and and for long stretches of the year, people were like Penn State fans were like, Sean Clifford needs to needs to be benched. Like if we're gonna try to compete for the Big Ten title, Sean Clifford is not it. They didn't win the division and they didn't win the title, obviously, but like they quarterback is a place where at least they feel like they are ready to take a step they up have the for piece. the first time in a, yes yeah. yes whether or not that's true who's to say but like they have identified what they think is the path forward in Penn so State. i'm going to say this y'all were talking about the acc and yeah. florida state and clemson and stuff a while ago you know acc has lost three, four good quarterbacks um, to the transfer portal. Yep. Sam Hartman is now in Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, Devin Leary's now at UK. Yep. You know, so, you know, and I'm, there's another one or two that's – Yeah, but that was, right one of them transferred within the conference, went from Virginia <laughs> down to NC State. Yes, Yes. So okay. there's at least one that stayed in in conference. He just well. So the ACC was already overall kind of down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so even if Clemson and Florida State are really good teams next year, is the rest of the conference going to be good enough to even if they have one or two losses to even consider to put them in? Because um, I just don't. I don't know that. It, they will be. Depends on how North Carolina is. And Miami, if Miami yeah. decides to figure it out, that's another that's hot for, seat right there. It's also contextual. Uh, this year point, two, like you think year two for Crystal Ball is uh, going to be a hot seat. The, it's not a hot seat, but it is a improvement must show up. Improvement yeah. must show up, like because yeah. it's not just what the record was; it's that you lost to MTSU. And you lost to MTSU because they threw the ball all over you. You like th- they were a sloppy team. They barely beat Virginia in multiple overtimes, and Virginia was not a good team this year. So right. they right. definitely have to show. the The problem with Miami right now is like nobody doubts that Mario Cristobal can recruit, and nobody doubts that Miami is very serious about recruiting in the NIL era. Right. The question has always been like talent development and game management, and if you can't do those things, well, you're just setting things up to be great for the next Miami coach, maybe. Like Yeah, like Dan Lanning right now having a little bit of success with Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh doing it off of Crystal Ball's players. Yes. Yeah. Of course then they went and got Bo Nix as their quarterback and but shipped look, off their but, quarterback to but Bo Nix looked really good too, is the problem. Yeah. Outside like, of the outside of you know, playing his nemesis Georgia, he yeah. looked like you know, the Bo Nicks that you think that he should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, here's, here's uh, Chip Kelly's another one I'll throw on the hot seat. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. think UCLA is real enamored with how that, that has gone. And while there were flashes this year, 
of UCLA being like an interesting competitive team. The defense is wildly inconsistent and they are losing two very big pieces on offense um, this year. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's going to And they are um, losing money in the stands. Yes, correct. Uh, <laughs> as far as the ACC question, so that, that'll be really contextual because like the Pac-12 wasn't amazing this year. But if USC had won the Pac-12 championship game, they were getting in. They were absolutely getting the fourth playoff spot. There was no right. question. And Correct. I think if a one-loss Florida State or Clemson wins the conference, and there's enough out, there are enough sort of opportunities out there where you don't say like, well, you know, Texas is undefeated, or uh, USC also has one loss, or whatever, whatever. Like, I think there's probably a space to put them in, and it won't totally matter if the ACC is. Eh. Now, wait a second. And, I mean, one and thing have that you one... just said. Yeah. USC had lost to Notre Dame. Not this year. A two, and was already a two-loss team. No, not not this year. Wait, are we talking? Wait, wait, wait. USC was still we, US. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm making sure I'm not going crazy at this point. They lost the last. They were game two lost the year. They lost the last game of the year regular season to Notre. No, Dame. they beat. They, they beat lost. Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame. They, they beat did. Notre Dame thirty-eight twenty-seven. Yes, they beat yeah. Notre Dame. They lost. They lost to Utah twice. Is what happened. By, they, they lost to Utah by one, and then they lost to Utah in the championship game. Yes, by twenty three. So, so USC oh, okay. entered that. Yes, with, USC with, uh, entered that game eleven and one. Okay. And of course, Caleb I was totally got hurt thinking that, that they got game. beat by Notre Dame, but okay, no, my bad. No, now USC like played a ton of close games. USC like maybe should have lost the Cal. Maybe should have lost to, um, I think it was uh, Oregon State is who it was. Like they, they were a very like iffy team, and their defense was especially iffy. But right. like everybody understood, and the playoff committee all but said because I think they were four going into conference championship weekend. If they had won, if they had beaten Utah, and it helped that Utah was their single their one loss, so it would have effectively erased that they would have made the playoff and it really wouldn't right. have mattered like what people thought about relative conference power, this, that, or the other. And then they lose to Tulane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, hey in the who called day. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I yeah. did. I said Tulane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <sighs> USC is like, Living on and had Caleb Williams. Yes, yeah, I was yeah. going under the pretext that Caleb Williams was not playing, and I yeah. said, "Okay, Tulane's going to win this game." And then I look up and I see Caleb Williams is playing. I was actually in Nashville during this game, watching this game, going, "Oh crap, <laughs> my bad." Yeah, yeah, I mean, like they're they USC has to Lincoln Riley has to prove that it's not just Oklahoma West. Because, like, especially at a school like USC, with the sort of history on the defensive side of the ball that they do, you can't be this bad on defense. You can't be this bad on defense, especially because of the conference you play in. Like, you're going to play against aggressive, high-flying passing attacks that once or twice a year will carve you up. And you can't be in these shootout games and just be like, well, we'll hope we'll come out on the right side. That's not what anybody wants there. And that's certainly not the kind of thing that, A, is going to consistently get you in the playoff, and, B, 
is going to make you even slightly have a chance if you make it. And they're headed to the Big Ten. Yes, also that. Yes, that's right. Every yes. time, every time someone says it, it's funny to me. But yes, yes, yes. and they're headed. We'll I don't think it's Ten. next year. It's the next. It's twenty four, isn't it? I believe yeah, Nebraska is definitely not going to ever win the West. No, it's not. <laughs> or, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the division looks at at that point. Well, it's whatever they. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be great. Yeah. I think the Pac-12 is still intact next year, and so is the Big 12. Yes, next I believe that is the plan as of now, which is a little surprising. I think everybody thought uh, Oklahoma and Texas would bail super early, but for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. Maybe, frankly, maybe Oklahoma is like, we don't want to go out on this year. We would like to do one better than this place. Yeah, and I think they uh, – they, they... I don't know what the buyout is to to leave early either, but yeah, they definitely want to um, maybe have one more easy trip. I before, think the plan uh, is now send off before coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Texas and Oklahoma, just do it yeah. when the big. Just do it when you have the the twelve team playoff. That's yeah. that's that kind of what they're doing, I think. Yeah. yeah. So we have one more year of a fourteen playoff, and then we're going to twelve. So, uh-huh. uh, which will be fine. And it's and 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 it's all Auburn's fault, as most things are. Yes. So that tracks. Yeah, it's Gus, it's, it's Gus yeah. Malzahn's fault. It's a little no. Bit, it was it was like two thousand four for it was two thousand four as far as the uh, as far as the uh, the, the fourteen the fourteen playoff that was two thousand four. Yeah. yeah, Auburn. Yeah. Now, there is, it's, it's funny because there is no, and I've talked about this other places and I'm probably talking about it too much, but like nothing like that happened to push us to 12. Like there, there was never a year where we were like, oh man, the, the six no. seed really should have been in the playoff this year or something like it, n- nobody no, not felt really, like no. Nobody felt like, oh, this is not, su- this is not sufficient for right. like what we need to, to determine a champion. Right. They were just like, hey, this would make a lot more money. And I was actually yeah. surprised. I, I thought if they did do it, it would go to eight, not twelve. Yeah. 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 I, I suspect twelve without knowing anything behind the scenes, I suspect twelve was the number that made the most people happy. Like it made the group of five happy because it's like, well, if it's twelve, we're definitely gonna get to participate. You'll you, right. you you can't do a twelve team playoff and not let us in. If you are one of the power conferences that isn't always in the play, if you're at the Big 12 and the, uh, the Pac-12, more or less, they're like, well, 12 is great for us because, again, like, how can you leave our champion out? Yeah. So frequently, you're going to have to, t- you might have to take two of our teams some right. years. How do you like, right. like, Kansas State probably makes a 12-team playoff this year? Right. Um, and if you are the Big Ten SEC, depending on where the ACC is in time, like sometimes they're here, sometimes they're with the other guys. You're like, cool, <laughs> a playoff where we can like get argue four, to get four teams, teams in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So I think like now this it's is gonna, the thing that made the most people salivate. It's going to look like Omaha now, where the SEC gets half the half the league. So yes. that's what yes. everybody's so. going to be happy about it. What what you're just talking about. Yes. Until yeah. the semifinal games is four SEC teams. 
they're going to have to like so this is the thing they'll, they're set, have it up, to they'll set it up to where they they eliminate each other and only have two teams in the semifinals they will at, at best they will have to like i i and It'll it's be gonna be tough because like the seating won't make sense you're gonna get places where you're like well why is this team seated here and and the way that the the other thing is right now nobody really cares what the seating is of the 14 playoff because like it you know you're either pl- if you're the four okay you got to play the one now instead of in the second round and who cares and the only real advantage you have to being the one versus the two is geographical preference as to which semifinal you go to which in most cases is like not that big a deal but in the 12 team playoff seating is going to matter for all these things about like who's getting a buy are we playing these games on campus in which case like cat really matters which seed you get and so like right now we only fight about who's in and out. Like, it's really just like, are you in the four or not? But now coaches and media members and fans are all going to have to shriek at each other about like, no, we should be the five instead of the six. No, you should be the eight instead of the four. Like the amount of just fighting that can now happen under a 12 team playoff as it's set up is going to be crazy. It's going to be fighting The fighting between eight and nine. Yeah. Because... One being a home team versus one being the road team. Yes. Playing, I mean, they'll play each other. Yes. They'll just be one will be the home and one will be the way. Yes. So yeah. the right. fighting between eight and nine will be great. Yes. The the, <laughs> the fight to get the fight to get a buy is like the fight for, yeah, between, significant. between between five and four and yeah. eight and nine and then twelve and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's right. your there's your there's your three fights. Right. Right. And right. Most likely, your twelve is your group of five. Your group of five. Your group of five. So, or so, so your the ranked number twelve terrible, team is like out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, right. Right. Yeah. So right. your group of five or your or your lowest, if if you have a, for whatever reason, you have like a three loss champion or something like that. Yes. Yeah. And they're not ranked, and your group of right. five champion is, you know, ranked twenty one. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, well, Kansas state, Kansas state was a three loss champion out of the big play. Yeah, sure. This year they were, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. So they would be, they could, you could see, uh, so I think what was it? LSU in 2007 in that glorious 2007 year was the first two loss champion. Right. Yeah. And, uh, haven't had one since. I don't think, I think everybody's been either one or one or zero. Yeah. Um, the real debate yeah. will be because at first when all this started coming out, they was talking about it and they were saying that the conference champions will get the buys. Uh-huh. So does Kansas State as a three-loss conference champion get a buy? Sure. Yes. yes. That is what that would mean. Yeah. That is the real debate. That's that's astonishing to me if that's the way they set it up. Um, it is – and it's going to have a trickle down effect because like the, I think the big 12 does it right by having and the PAC 12 now as well, by having the divisionless approach, just saying like, yeah, the best two teams are going to play each other. That's it. That's who's, that's who our conference is because what you set up the potential for otherwise is if you have an imbalanced division, you can get that thing where you're like, all right, four loss, Wisconsin came in, 
and somehow upset Ohio State, and now they get the bye, even though they're a four-loss team from a crap division. And I think I think more yeah. more conferences are going to scrap for a variety of reasons. I think they're going to scrap the division thing because it's just like if a conference championship has those kind of implications, you can't have this imbalance. You just can't. okay. So what was, and you'll know this, and I, I'm sorry to be picking on your team, but what That's was fine. Florida when they were winning the East? Uh, like, which time are we talking about? Uh, McElwain and Mushchamp, maybe. So those are those are usually like. Uh oh, you're going in and out. Yeah, your mic's going in and out. Oh, that's fun. Is it good now? How about now? Are we good? Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, I think most of the Florida teams that have made it have been, I'm looking back here at recent-ish history. They're all ranked like in the teens. So like the 2015 team finished the year 10 and four, but the two two of those losses were, the SEC title game and the bowl game. The, the twenty six, yeah, yeah, the twenty sixteen team was a three loss team entering the uh, SEC championship. So that's probably like the low point of what it was. And then the twenty twenty team um, had lost two games. So yeah, like you will you will definitely see two loss teams. You will see that kind of imbalance, and that's just sort of like what everybody's right. going to have to be cool with. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to because the what I was wondering, especially with the the, the way that this, if they set it up again, top four teams, yep. and then you're you're looking at the ranked opponents or whatever, uh, or, or if you're looking at the rankings and say, you, I mean, you still have to sprinkle in your your conference champions that are maybe not necessarily falling in the order of the ranks the normal they're, order, they're, yeah. They're yeah yeah but honestly like how many years in the first 10 years do you see a champion coming from outside the top four <laughs> you so, know whatever, so here, whatever said yeah. it'll probably be the opposite <laughs> honestly the trick, in 10 the years trick- here, here is the only thing that I think sort of like favors that being more likely than not is what I'll say. It's hard to win. The more games you have to do, the harder it is, just because Correct. like fluky things happen. Right. The sixteen and zero Patriots should have, like, they should have, like, by all rights, just been the champions of the NFL that year. Right. And they made it to the Super Bowl. It's not like they got knocked out in the first or the second round. Right. And then they just had one stupid game against an opponent that they they couldn't manage to beat in, on that setting. Couldn't tackle Eli it. Manning. That they was it. Tackle, they couldn't tackle Eli Manning. And he threw, and up, a, and he threw up a prayer. Right. <laughs> like, if, if Is that the one were, where he stuck his helmet? I think that's, that's, that's the first one, yeah. Yes. Uh, the Tyree catch, yeah. The... Um, so, so the fact that you'll have to do it, you'll have to win, you know, at least one more game, maybe two, than you do now, 
opens the possibility that you will see like, yeah, we got to we got to the championship and it was the five and the eight. And it just worked out that way. Like I mean well, you have to I'm take into account right, that it's that also opens up more possible possibilities for injuries. Well sure. the thing well. is is that like okay so the the one through four are not playing in that first round. Correct. You know Correct. so they have one less game that they have to deal with as far as, you know, I mean, again, you're, you're talking like a, you know, a, a wild card team in the NFL or whatever. Well, they have three games. Like, like those, like those giants that went on the road, all three or four games, won all their games, made it to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. I just, there, there is a more of a talent, discrepancy in college football than there is in the NFL to where the NFL, you can see teams go on a run like that. Yes. In yep. college, in college, again, like I was talking about with TCU, with the fact that TCU had to turn around after beating a team like Michigan, who was probably one of the best teams that they had faced in all year and had to go 10 days as opposed to, you know, 28 or whatever, it was, you know, 20 days or something like that. They would have to go again one week later to play somebody that was just as good, if not better, then go one week later and play somebody just as good, if not better. So you're not Until wrong. You get, the talent disparity yeah. is is a real thing. But if you took any team and said, if you took in the regular season and said they're going to have a three-game stretch where they got to play three top 12 teams, are you confident that they're going to win all three of those games? It's like... That's kind of tough. Even like even like the best teams, like I mean, will, if you're looking, they will have at least one game in that stretch where it's like, oh, that game was close. Maybe they still win it. But I like, mean, it's like it's like it's like it's looking at most of the SEC teams mm -hmm. and going, look at that team's October because that is generally <laughs> what it is, right? It's October, right. right? It's October in the SEC, but for everybody else, or or for teams that that are playing in, you know, if you get uh say Oregon gets in or even you know let's just say it's Oregon and USC from the Pac twelve. I mean they're not playing the same caliber teams. But coming but through. these SEC teams you're talking about, they'll drop a game or two along the way. They'll drop a game along the way. That's the tricky thing is that in the in the current setup, as long as you get to the playoff, you can have that stumble. You can have that miserable October stretch where it's like, yep. You lost to Ole Miss. You lost to Auburn. You lost to LSU. Whatever Thanks. it is, and it doesn't and it doesn't destroy what you're doing. <laughs> but in this format, to say like you're going to have to play three top twelve opponents, even if you have the bye, you're, you're this is what this is what awaits you, and you have to win them all. You can't just like get that bounce and sort of like, well, this rejuvenated us, like. That is, I think, the really tricky part because this is where even, even the best SEC teams, like it's rare to have a three-game stretch where you're playing three teams that are that good. Maybe you're playing three top 25 opponents, but to play three in the top 12 is like, that's not a thing you see. What that's was Auburn's schedule in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't go three and I think they had. I think they had. I think they had a stretch of LSU. Uh, oh my God! What was their stretch that they had? And like, I think that was back when Georgia was 
at the end of the year. So, I mean, you still had Georgia and Alabama the last two games of the year, uh, two of the last three games, because you still have the, the cupcake in between. Yes. You but had, you, you, yeah, it went but, LSU. It went number two LSU, Ole Miss, who was unranked, number four Georgia, Samford, number five Alabama. Yeah, there you so go. Three out of five. So it was, it was three out of five. It was every other week they were playing somebody that, that was and two and two weeks before LSU they played number who was number ten at the time, Florida. So at Florida, yeah, in the sweltering heat of the swamp, <laughs> and Bo Nix like threw what ten interceptions in the game, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. it was like, hey, he's throwing it to the the guys in blue. Just that's blue and orange, blue and orange. It's not the yeah. right color. So, so I think like. It will it will it will be a new challenge. I'll put it that way. The yeah. the idea of you have to even the best teams, you got to do this three times, and you can't have like you, you can't have a game like Michigan did against yeah. right. TCU. Like right. you can't you can't have that game or you're just done. Right. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that's different about like you know we talk about this happening in basketball or something basketball or baseball. You can have one of those games and because it's a five game seven game series whatever. You can live with this. The closest corollary we have is the NFL. And yes, the talent, the talent parity is a lot closer there. But you can still like we have seen March a seven and nine. In we've seen a, yeah, sure. And we've seen a seven and nine team who by all accounts you were like, why the hell is this team in the playoff? Why the hell are the seven and nine Seahawks hosting a playoff game? And then they <laughs> beat the Saints. Like right. this happens. And, yeah. and I think there will be room for plenty of that in a 12-team playoff. So this morning, yeah. I was looking at the past national championships. 13 of the last 17 national championships have been SEC teams. Yeah. Yep. 13 of 17. <laughs> Yeah. Again, it's Auburn's fault that it's not one more. That's the Florida State one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Clemson yeah. beat Alabama. That's and then uh, Ohio State uh, had knocked off Alabama state. in the in the in the semis. Right. So they beat uh, Oregon. I think. Oregon in the final there. Yeah. Yeah. They beat right. Oregon in the final. Right. So it's a it's a good run. It is also largely one team's run. <laughs> The well, the last three years, it's it's well. So they Georgia's in the last the, the last sorry sorry the last four years the SEC's yeah. won four in a row. Yes, it's Bama, LSU, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. Yes, yeah. yeah. So there's three teams in the last four years have yes. won. Yes, yes. Right. That is tech. That so. is technically true. Yes. Um, it's not it technical is. about it. It is. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's um, it's wild. It truly is wild because like there are so many other teams that it shouldn't be this way. If that makes sense, you know, like it should. There should be Ohio State. Certainly, I think has the yes. best case for sort of like being in this class and and has one. You know, as we said, has won a title in this. And has played some good playoff games, and you know, is is no slouch by any means. But like, right. the disappearance of the Pac-12 for long stretches of the 
time that we're talking about, like the absolute disappearance where they just have no real relevance at the championship level, the disappearance of the Big 12 for long stretches of this, the, the absence of a second team in the ACC where it's so many of these years, it's like, if it ain't Clemson, it's absolutely nobody. And right. before that, it was if it's not Florida State for a few yes. years. And it's absolutely yes. nobody. It's absolutely nobody. Right. Yeah, and then it was like yeah. maybe Louisville will stay hot and they don't. Yeah. Um, the fact that there are so many of these programs that, you know, like the finances are all public. Everybody knows how much money Texas makes. I'm so tired of hearing <laughs> that Texas is back. You have <laughs> but, no idea. I mean, I mean, at, at some point they should be. The fact that they aren't, and the fact that they haven't been for so I mean, come long, on, how many wild. years know, are we going to say Texas is back? I know, I know. And listen, been back since gonna, 2009. It's not going to get <laughs> with Arch Manning there. That's not going away. That's not going to get quieter. I mean, even the, Quinn Ewers. So I mean, yes, yes, yes. But so, will he? Will he transfer out again? Who knows? That's the other thing that's really like makes trying to predict anything about college football impossible these days is the transfer portal is so wild and so active that and like there, there's no such thing as like it's not you get one transfer and you right. it seems like now you right. can you can you can play after any transfer you yes. second the third yes. the fourth or fifth yep. one yep yep and I did notice a story yep. in women's college basketball the other day where uh -huh. the NCAA is holding a girl and not letting her play because it was the second transfer but then you look at football and they just let these kids transfer two three four times and even before they even set foot on campus, they've transferred twice. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, the receiver for Ole Miss. I think that's who it is. Uh, I think it's Ole Miss, um, who was uh, Texas going back and forth between Texas and. But you USC, tell me why the NCAA is holding this girl for women's college basketball, but then does nothing about college football. Um, college football, they're just terrified. Like, I think, I think at this point they have done so poorly legally and in public perception that they just, there's no appetite for it at this point. And the other thing is like the, we say this a lot, the NCAA is the member institutions. The NCAA is not like this really empowered third party that can make decisions on its own. For them to say, we want to get the transfer portal under control requires the coaches and requires the school presidents, presidents to say, we want to get the transfer portal under control. And coaches are like Brett Bielema is complaining about the transfer portal today because I think it was an East Carolina lineman that they thought was going transferring to Illinois, decommitted and is going to Auburn. And he's complaining about the transfer portal, even though that's the, the exact same thing he was trying to use. It, I'm sorry. He was complaining about NIL in that case, but still like, Coaches and administrators want all of these things because they think they can work, but they also want to complain about them because sometimes they don't. When it don't the, work. The only, yes. the only time yes. that Brett Bielema complains is when it's about Auburn. Yeah, that's pretty consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 yeah there's not a lot of it's unsafe. It's unsafe. It's unsafe. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not a real uh, great relationship there. Yeah, but like it would take it's the same as with, you know, like early if early signing day. Here's a great example. Early signing day seems like there's some momentum for it to go away or change significantly. I think there is some momentum for that. The reason for that is that the coaches are burnt out. The coaches are burnt out. Nobody's looking at this. Too much, there's too much yes. going on in December. Yes. yes. So if the coaches and by extension the ADs are like, we don't want to do this, then CAA will do something about it. If anybody right. else is like, you know, nobody's like, oh, early signing day is bad for the recruits and we should do something else for them. That's not why early signing day is going away. It's because coaches are tired. And the right. coaches and the administrators will always be the tail that wags the NCAA dog. It just will always be that way because yep. that's how they want it set up. Right. Yep. So, well, Ryan, we've had a blast. We've had fun. We've been on a while. Is there anything that you want to plug? No. Um, on, no on the show? No. no. If, if well, this is so much more sports content than you will listen to on the Shutdown Fullcast that I feel bad plugging it because you'll be you'll be able to sue me for fraud <laughs> at that point. Um, no, 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 no. I actually I actually listened to a couple of episodes before <laughs> before I come on. So it's, it's I'm sorry. Yeah, that is the right. That you, is can, the right you can blame John Roberts for that. That is the right response. Yeah. No, no. It's just uh, uh, no, thank, man. thank you all for having me. It's been a blast to be on. Hey, so oh. when are y'all going to start traveling again? Do live live shows, live shows. You know, I, I will say this. I don't know when, but I do know whenever it, wherever it will be, will be very stupid. Like, oh, no I doubt. I mean, I definitely want my. <laughs> if it's up to me, our next live show will be at a planetarium somewhere, and you will never see us. You will just sit back in your seat and look at the night sky <laughs> and listen to a light live podcast, just because so, I think that would rule. So. Brad, uh, a few of their live shows that they had before the uh, before the the pandemic hit. Uh, one, they did do one in Birmingham, but yes. you were not there. <laughs> no, no, and that was at what is that Stars Karaoke? Yes, it was at Stars Karaoke. Yeah, and uh, I think it was uh, Godfrey was in Godfrey, your place. Godfrey was yeah. in my place. Yeah, we've yeah. done one uh, uh, the Ann, the Ann Arbor Public the, Library. That one is my favorite the only thing that i wish i could have is the part that you black out for only the people that were there oh that you yeah did not yeah. record yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the like again that one's my favorite because you have the war dad and <laughs> you have and you have jason kirk's uh his dan carlin dan deal carlin and that was hilarious yeah. and then of course yeah. the, the dan carlin episode when y'all had dan yeah. carlin actually on that was awesome yeah, because uh, I mean, <laughs> I really want to know what Dan Carlin thinks about Deion Sanders. Maybe we'll get him on and ask him. Go that. get no, him. Go no, get I him. have, I have, I have nothing to plug. I mostly just want to thank y'all for having me on this. I want to ask you about your Twitter handle. Yeah. Okay, sure. What is it? Where does it come from? Yes. What? Why celebrity hot tub? Okay. Um. <laughs> so I've been on Twitter for far too long at this point, and when I joined Twitter, it was still early where it was like nobody's ever going to use this for anything serious so you just like sign up for an account and talk nonsense um <laughs> and at the right. time i was like well what would be what would be a useful name to use here there is an old when eddie murphy was on 
Saturday Night Live. Like a long time. This is not a thing that I was alive for or like remember watching as a young kid or something like that. But he had a he had one segment that he did called James Brown's Celebrity Hot Tub, where he's too just hot, doing a James too hot Brown hot tub. too hot and hot tub. Ah, get back! Gonna, I know exactly gonna make me sweat. Which, yes. which now explains why you have Eddie Murphy as yes. the actual Which is why Eddie Murphy pic. is okay. my profile picture. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, celebrity hot tub. That's like fun and catchy. That's it. There is no like more magic or like thought to it than <laughs> well, that. Like, since you yeah. tell me that is why, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely loving it because Eddie Murphy is one of my all-time faves. And I noticed that Eddie Murphy was the profile picture as well. Yes, correct. So I was kind of wondering how that all connected. And now yep. that you tell me that it's the James Brown <laughs> hot tub scene on yeah. Saturday Night Live, that's yeah. hilarious. I love yes, it. Yes, that's it. That's it. It makes no sense. But is your is your Twitter it. handle the the same thing about like your your podcast buying off a bunch of um, uh, uh, internet like what is it URL type? Go, oh, going after like uh, domain I names. Think, I don't think <laughs> we haven't gotten any good domains in a while. I need to revive that at some point. Yeah, because that was, yeah. yeah just oh, we're gonna go ahead. And we're gonna take this first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We start snatching up domains. That'll be a good off-season project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the twenty-five snakes, twenty-six snakes, twenty and twenty-four snakes. snakes. Twenty-four yes. snakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to get as many snakes related as possible. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Ryan, we so, appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. One, one last, yes, one, please, one very last thing. Go for it. And goes toward the 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 shutdown forecast. Okay, so up until the last couple of years, y'all had, you know, Pitt's your favorite. You know, y- y'all a team that y'all were following, and y'all yep. had the Pitt super weapon. Yes. Because Pitt has become a lot better program than what it was at the time of the super weapon. Is there a team that has now taken control of said super weapon? There's nobody uh, who's th- like, yeah, there's nobody who's like squarely there. Yeah. South Carolina made a really interesting case this year. Like, yeah, but they fired it off more than once. That, that's that, that fine. Which is kind of the thing I, that like, I think, yeah, I think that's fine <laughs> with me. And, and again, <laughs> I've said this before, the college football playoff committee should be sending South Carolina a very nice gift basket because they are the only reason why they didn't have to figure out what to do with one loss Tennessee and one loss Clemson. And the fact that South Carolina took care of both of those problems for them, like they deserve something nice, guys. Send them (laughs) something. So yeah, that's that's my early, that's where I'm early leaning, but I'm open to other ideas at this point. Right. <laughs> okay. That's Stop. great. He's yeah. always talking about that on, on our show. Or he's, mentioned it two, <laughs> he's, he's mentioned it two or three times. So charging. All right, guys. Thank you for having me. Right. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. All Thank right. you, Ryan. Have Take a blessed care. night. All right, All right. You too. See you. All right, guys, that was Ryan Nanny. Um, again, his uh, AKA Celebrity Hot Tub is his Twitter handle. He is off for the shutdown full cast. They are used to be on SB Nation 
and a pretty well-known um, – they cover college football. And then mm-hmm. they also do – on Saturdays after all the games, they, they have one what they do with Levitard and Friends, and they call that the full cast after dark. And they do that with a, the they, – they record their um, – it's a Twitter space, and they record the Twitter space. Right. And so that's that's where it, that's where it comes from. So that everybody jumps on Twitter into the Twitter space after dark, listen to them. They'll record it. They'll put it out in podcast form, you know, by the next day or whatever. So right. But yeah, but that one is like an immediate reaction after whatever the ESPN night game is um, on Saturday nights. Uh, so you'll only see that really do anything on uh during football season the full, full cast after dark whereas the shutdown full cast should you know for the most part should have some episodes running throughout the off season so before we get off the air i want to mention that we're now part of the winning edge sports network um with uh the fanboys podcast group network and uh so they are supporting a nonprofit organization called Home for Our Troops. They are building homes and rebuilding lives. You can find them at www.hfotusa.org. And you can support the troops and build homes for the troops. So it's a nonprofit organization. So I want to ask that you help support uh, our veterans. For that and roberts is there anything you want to add uh no man i just want to you know shout out to uh ryan nanny for coming on and uh that was a fun episode i love it it was it's awesome it was and, and i appreciate him coming on we've been uh kind of working on that for a month or two or maybe more i'm not sure roberts has been the one kind of doing the work on that. How long? Oh, uh, that one was one uh, he had posted something at the beginning of the year that he had actually reposted from himself from maybe a month or two earlier. And I saw that post and went after him. So cool. it was it was uh, something that we've actually we've been working on it for a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, but it's still awesome just because I kind of fanboyed out on the, uh, on, <laughs> on, on the show. So that was, uh, so we're part of the fanboys. So there you go. We just, we just, fanboyed, we just fanboyed <laughs> out, um, to get Ryan nanny on our show. So, uh, we appreciate him being on with us. It was a blast. Um, we love that he actually come on and, and, had so many opinions and thoughts and everything about the season that was and the college football playoffs and possibly stuff for next year, even the playoffs. We got him talking about the extended playoffs and he had a lot of good thoughts and a lot of good stuff on that. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode because we certainly did. And, uh, we will see you guys on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, we have another special episode for you guys. Uh, we're going to be doing an interview with Alan Ray, 
of Villanova, um, who took Villanova to the final or to the Elite Eight in 2006. They were in the final AP poll that year. They were ranked number three. There you go. Um, that year. And Alan Ray was a second team All American. Went on to play with the Boston Celtics and then went overseas. And he is a huge, hugely involved with Villanova now. And uh, like what most people think of Ray Allen, Allen Ray was also a really good three point shooter. <laughs> yeah, he, he was also a really good three point shooter. He was on that four guard team that had uh, Randy Foyer and Kyle Lowry. Uh, or two of them, and uh, they met up with Florida team in the 2006 year where they had won. They went on and win the NCAA championship with Joe right. Kim Noah, Corey Brewer, Al Horford. Uh, that's who knocked them out in the Elite Eight. Yep, not a bad team. <laughs> no, yeah, that was that was their first year, and then they repeated the next year. Right. Um, but uh, we are excited to have Alan Ray on with us. Uh, so y'all join us on Sunday afternoon at three o'clock Central Time, and then tomorrow or Thursday we'll be on our regular time for the weeknights at eight p.m. Central. You got anything else? Last last little tidbits you want to add? No, uh, but uh, I do have some other guests that I'm lining up, and I will we will announce them as we get them uh, squared away. But I have some other ones lined up and uh, ready ready to roll. So which, cool. And uh, uh, some of my guests that will be coming on will be gearing toward college baseball, which will be. Uh, starting up in less than 40 days so less right. than 40 days we'll have first pitch for college baseball and we may have some guests that are lined up that can uh that that will uh talk heavily or that that will be more in the know on college baseball so we can kind of cater to all the college baseball fans or maybe sway some of you to be college, college baseball, baseball fans, fans. <laughs> right um, so one last thing while he's mentioning one last thing I thought of uh, January 24th uh, we will have the mock draft YouTube guy on with us he's going to be doing a two-round mock draft with us um, we're excited to have him on he's going to be with us once a month it'll be the Tuesday before the last Thursday uh, of the month so this time that falls on January 24th and he will be on with us and we'll be having a, a two round mock draft as we go further along and closer to the April draft. I do expect him to probably add a few rounds, maybe even do all seven rounds towards the end. I'm not sure, but I know he said he'd probably add a few rounds as we go along. So uh, we will, be fully talking about all the college football players and where they are being uh, selected and drafted in the NFL draft uh, in April, 2023 here. So we're excited about that as well. 
So just a few things to uh, uh, give you guys a reason to come back. And with that said, I hope you guys have a blessed night, and we will see you down the road.